tithing is an act of obedience. And we say that because we believe that the Word teaches us that everything belongs to God. Welcome to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur, business owner, and spiritual life coach. Bobby and his brother Glenn own Alliance Sports Group, a collection of hardware and sport product lines sold in over 40,000 retail stores across America. Bobby is not asking for financial support. However, he does need your feedback. As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at OnTheBrightSide.org or join the discussion on Facebook. You can also call 847-312-8197. 847-312-8197. This show is brought to you by Nebo Tools. Nebo Tools, N-E-B-O, is the maker of intensely bright lights and flashlights, relied on by emergency professionals across America. Learn more about Nebo Tools at OnTheBrightSide.org. Now it's time to buckle your seatbelt and get ready for On the Bright Side with Bobby. Hope you enjoy this one right here. You ready? The teacher addressed her Sunday school class of five-year-olds. If I sold my house and car and took all the money and gave it to the church, would that get me into heaven? No, they all yelled in unison. If I cleaned the church every day and mowed the yard, if I was kind to animals and I gave all the kids candy... Would that get me into heaven? Again, all together, the kids responded, No! Well then, the teacher continued, thinking the kids were more theologically sophisticated than she thought. How, she asked, can I get into heaven? A five-year-old boy shouted out, Teacher, you got to be dead! Okay, well, you you find one then. (laughs) Giving is an act of worship. Now, I know all of you have heard that many times right here. If you've come to Bethesda for even a short time, you can't help but to notice that this is the way that we believe. And this is the way that our pastor, Des, has always taught us about giving. And I've been known to tell you on a few occasions that while giving is an act of worship, tithing is an act of obedience. And we say that because we believe that the Word teaches us that everything belongs to God and that He requires us to give back a tithe or 10% of what is already His. So, if giving is an act of worship and tithing is an act of obedience then tithing is most definitely also an act of worship. The Word tells us that obedience is even better than sacrifice. So it's important to understand this morning that when we tithe, we honor God with a discipline that He created that we know pleases Him. Tithing is is not to be considered an obligation like taxes. I mean, you have to pay your taxes or they will eventually be extracted from you. But you have complete control over whether or not to tithe. You see, we need to tithe for the right reasons, just like we need to give for the right reasons. And we tithe because it pleases God and we want to please Him. And we tithe because it's a way to show God our gratitude for everything that He's done for us. 
And we tithe because we trust that His way is best for us. And we tithe because we want to grow in our relationship with Him. And not tithing sends a message that we're not fully committed. And we tithe because it's an act of faith in His Word to provide an abundant life for us. And it's so important to understand that tithing is an act of worship and not some religious ritual. When the Lord was railing on the Pharisees one day, He called their tithing hypocrisy. He said, hypocrite, you're so careful to to tithe on the tiniest part of your income, but you ignore the important things like justice and mercy and faith. He went on to say, you should tithe, but you shouldn't leave the important things undone. So you see, tithing doesn't even mean anything unless it's given with the right attitude and the right motives. You know, in my own life, tithing has not exempted me from financial challenges. But it's given me a calmness in the midst of them because I know who's control, who's in control of the situation. And I have confidence that the outcome will be in my best interest. And I feel that way not just because I tithe, but because I love the Lord. And tithing is just one of the ways that he knows it. So, you see, Pastor Des, as usual, had it right in the first place. Giving, all giving, is an act of worship. And I hope that I've never unintentionally confused anyone by drawing a distinction between giving and tithing. They are both acts of worship if they are axed based on a sincere and grateful heart. It's like the old saying, the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. So if you're struggling today with being a consistent tither, you can be encouraged with the news that you don't have to make up for all that you haven't done. Because all God wants you to do is to start living in the grace that he provides for all of us. And when you do that, something good is going to happen in Jesus' name. Did you know that Christians are not meant to live in fear, but meant to live in faith? Stay tuned to hear how you can break free of fear in your life. On the Bright Side, we'll be right back. Over 900,000 moms per year choose to abort their baby and 85% of them are single moms. It's hard to choose life when you're feeling alone, but Embrace Grace has a goal to change that. Embrace Grace equips and empowers churches to start support groups around the nation and the world to walk alongside moms with unintended pregnancies. With over 400 support groups in churches around the nation, lives are being saved. Partner financially with Embrace Grace today. For just $25 per month, your gift can help train leaders of a church to find moms that need help. For $100 per month, your gift can help reach and inspire more churches to start a group. And for $250 per month, your gift can launch a group at a church. Together, we can help her be brave and ensure that no single mom walks alone. Go to EmbraceGrace.com for more information on how you can partner with Embrace Grace to save them both. 
EmbraceGrace.com. And now back to On the Bright Side as Bobby Bollinger shares his unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith. Listen to this. President Franklin D. Roosevelt was famous for saying these words in his first inaugural address. He said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. At the time, he was speaking to the people during the Great Depression. It's very uncertain times. People were afraid. You know, there are lots of things that can bring fear into our life. Every time we face a serious problem or a change in our life, the first emotion that typically hits us is fear. And then our mind and our thoughts go on overload with what if questions. What if this happens? What if that happens? The questions that drive our fears even further. And when this happens, when fear rises up in us, it's important for us to remember that as Christians, as believers in Christ, we are not meant to fear, but are to overcome our fears. The word says that God is love, and it also says that there is no fear in love. But perfect love, that's the only kind that God has, drives out fear. So it's natural to feel fearful, and fear doesn't always go away, but it can be overcome through faith. In God. So I want to encourage those this morning who sometimes struggle with fear in your life by reminding you of three simple truths. The first one is you have to have the right perspective on fear. If you think about where you are in your life right now, there are probably some things that you used to get anxious and fearful about that you don't now. Learning to trust God and overcoming our fear is a process. As we walk with him, he continues to strengthen us and to steady us. You see, if God removed all fear from our future, we would never grow and learn to trust him. He permits difficulty in our lives because he's trying to reveal something that needs strengthening or changing in us. The second truth is this, we have to face our fears. We have to face our fear. My daughter, Ashley, who lives in Louisiana and whose husband was out of town, called us yesterday and put us on the speakerphone while she came face to face with her greatest fear, a cockroach in the kitchen. (laughs) So even though it took about 30 minutes of support from us over the phone... She battled the ferocious roach demon and eventually defeated it. But we have to face our fears. One of the definitions of fear is to take flight. So when the word says, fear not, for I am with you, it's saying, don't run. There's no need to run because I'm right here with you. It's when we face our fears that we learn that failure isn't final. The only people that never fail 
are the ones who never try. And it takes courage to face our fears. But understand this. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's the pressing on while the feeling of fear is still present. And finally, to overcome our fears, we have to believe God when he says, I'll be with you. In the Bible, the basis for not fearing is simply that God is with us. When Moses died and Joshua was chosen to take his place, God encouraged Joshua by saying, be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is where you is with you wherever you go. And when we believe God is with us all the time, we don't have to worry about what he's going to do and what's going to happen. Just knowing that he's with us is more than enough. When we have the right perspective on fear, when we learn to face our fears, and we trust that God is always with us, that's when we can break free from the paralysis of fear that, brings, that fear brings and live overcoming lives. It's been said that trusting God is like walking in a fog sometimes. We can only see one or two steps in front of us. But as we take each step, the next one becomes clearer. No, we are not meant to live in fear but to walk in faith. And I love the fact that the Apostle Paul pretty much mentioned all the things that we're prone to fear in this single verse in Romans when he said this, No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Say that with me. We are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us, for I am convinced that neither death, we fear that, nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present or the future, nor any powers, neither heights nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us. We're not meant to live in fear, but meant to live in faith. God had a purpose for Jacob, the son of Isaac. God also has a purpose and a destiny for you. Stay tuned to hear how God made physical contact with Jacob to see what he was made of. We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on The Bright Side. We'll return after these messages from our sponsor. They say it takes two to tango, but it only takes one Nevo Tools Tango to provide two high-power light sources and also serve as a power bank for your USB-powered devices. This fully rechargeable work light is lightweight yet rugged and features a seven-position arm that rotates 180 degrees, functioning as a hanging hook, carry handle, or kickstand. Use the 250-lumen spotlight, the 750-lumen work light, or combine in turbo mode for 1,000 lumens of intense illumination, the Tango. Just one of the many reasons why Nebo is the leader in lighting innovation. We hope you're enjoying Bobby Bollinger's unique layman's perspective as viewed through his lifelong journey of faith on the Bright Side. A woman went to the doctor and was seen by a new young doctor. And after about four minutes, 
she burst out of the examining room and ran screaming down the hall. An older doctor stopped her and asked her what the problem was. And she explained. So the older doctor had her sit down and relax before he marched back to confront the young doctor. What's the matter with you, he demanded. Mrs. Terry is 63 years old with four, four grown children and seven grandchildren, and you told her she was pregnant? The young doctor never looked up from his clipboard and asked, does she still have the hiccups? Thanks. All right, well, you try finding some. Well, this week, I've been inspired by my wife, who is in the middle of a Bible study about the patriarchs of the Old Testament. And she was fascinated with the story of Jacob, and she was telling me about it. So I listened to her, and I began to read the story myself, and I found that it is indeed an amazing story. And it's one that I'm sure that Pastor Des could spend weeks or months discussing the subject and the significance of the story of Jacob. But there was one thing about the story of Jacob that penetrated me so much that I just couldn't get, my, get, out, get it out of my mind. And that is when God asked Jacob this question. What's your name? So let me give you some quick background on this. Jacob, who was the son of Isaac, he was a good man with, let's say, a history of character flaws. And in this story, he was in a mess. He was returning to his homeland, a fairly wealthy guy. He had a large family and he had a very large herd of animals. And he hears that his brother Esau, who in his youth... Jacob had cheated Esau out of his birthright and his father's blessing. He heard Esau was coming to meet him, and Jacob assumes to kill him. So Jacob devises a plan to give his family the best chance to survive, and then that night he crosses the river to be by himself and ponder his next move. Now here is the amazing part. The word says, so Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. And as we read on, we learn that it was God himself who had come in the form of a man no stronger than Jacob to confront him. Well, the thing that's interesting to me is that there was no grand entrance here for God. No thunder. No skies opening up. No voices announcing the Lord of Lords had arrived. He didn't even get a complete sentence here. It said, comma, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. You see, God wasn't making a statement to anyone in the world but to Jacob. So he came as a man on equal footing to challenge him, to see what he was made of. Just Jacob, all by himself, without all the deception and gamesmanship that Jacob had become so good at. You see, God had big plans for Jacob. He had a purpose. He had a destiny for him. But he couldn't do anything with him like he was. So he made contact. And in this case, he made physical contact. And God found out what he wanted to know. That Jacob 
would put up a fight. That he wouldn't run from conflict. He would face up to his own shortcomings. And with God's help, he could overcome them. Well, during the all-night wrestling match, Jacob figured out who he was wrestling with. And at that point, I believe the wrestling was more about Jacob not willing to let God go than anything else. At one point, the word even says, the man, the man said, let me go. It's almost daylight. And Jacob said, I'll not let you go until you bless me. There's more to this story. But that's when this incredible question arrives. That God would ask each one of us in the midst of our struggles, what's your name? Who are you? What do you stand for? Who are you going to trust? Who do you belong to? What is your name? Right then and there, before God blessed Jacob, he changed his name from Jacob to Israel. Israel, which means he who struggles with God. You know, this story takes place in Genesis, way back in the beginning of things. But what a picture of the character of the God we serve. I mean, he knows that you will have struggles. And he intended it that way. He's not afraid to be challenged. He'll embrace you because he wants you to become an overcomer. He wants you to be everything that you can be in your life. So this really had impact on me this week. What's your testimony today? Are you willing to fight with God to find out who you are? I mean, what an encouraging thing to know that God is willing to wrestle with us so that we can find out who we are and what our purpose is is in Him. So we don't need to be afraid of the struggle. We need to understand that God is on our side. And just like Jacob, if we'll hold on, if we'll refuse to let Him go, our blessing will come. And God will know your name. Not just like Bob. And not just like Steve. But he'll know you as an overcomer in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to On the Bright Side with Bobby Bollinger, entrepreneur and business owner. Bobby is not asking for financial support. However, he does need your feedback. As a spiritual life coach, how can he help you? Questions, comments, prayers? Bobby reads every email and personally responds to most of them. Bobby at onthebrightside.org or join the discussion on Facebook. You can also call 847-312-8197. 847-312-8197. This show is brought to you by Nebo Tools. Nebo Tools, N-E-B-O, is the maker of intensely bright lights and flashlights relied on by emergency professionals across America. Trusted by many at work, home, or play, let Nebo light your way. 
Learn more about Nebo Tools at onthebrightside.org or call 847-312-8197.